0: and welcome to the Crone Law Firm's uh, Facebook live uh, chat uh, on uh, employment law. Uh, my name is Alan Crone. I'm the founding uh, member and managing uh, member of the Crone Law Firm. We're an employment law firm located in Memphis, Tennessee and as I always say, uh, our definition of an employment law f- uh, case is any case that uh, impacts your ability to earn a living. We represent employees, executives, and entrepreneurs. And that can be a wrongful termination case, it can be a case about commissions or compensation, wrongful termination, discrimination, harassment, retaliation. We also handle cases uh, involving disputes between business partners. We call those business divorces, non-compete cases, all kinds of cases involving the employment relationship uh, and people's ability to make money. So thank you for joining us this afternoon and uh, we're gonna talk about the EEOC. The uh, EEOC uh, is an important federal agency and uh, we've been asked uh, over the years a number of uh, questions frequently about it and so we thought we'd do a show just about the EEOC and what it means to you. So the first question is what is the EEOC? That's a great question. And uh, the answer is the EEOC is the Equal and Employment Opportunity Commission. And it was set up during the Civil Rights Act of 1964 as the federal agency that would ensure fairness and equality in the workplace. So any uh, lawsuit or dispute that involves workplace discrimination or uh, harassment uh, must originate under the federal law with the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Commission has a board in Washington that uh, meets and decides uh, policy in some cases, uh, and it has a staff spread out over the entire United States in most major cities uh, to uh, 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 collect, uh, investigate, and uh, handle uh, complaints. So what kind of complaints does the EEOC handle? Well, predominantly it handles any complaint arising under the uh, Title VII of uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And so that's discrimination or harassment based on sex, age, race, uh, national origin or religion. They also have jurisdiction to investigate claims under the Americans with Disabilities Act and uh, for age. I think I said age under the uh, Title VII, but that's a separate statute. The Age and, Uh Discrimination and Employment Act, which was passed uh, many, many years before the Civil Rights Act was passed, but the uh, EEOC can investigate age cases. Um, and so one thing to kind of bear in mind uh, with the EEOC is that it has to investigate every federal claim of this nature. Uh, throughout the whole country and so they have a tremendous uh, case volume that comes in and so they have to be very selective in how they use their resources and uh, exactly how they process claims so that's always important to know uh, when you're dealing with the EEOC is that sometimes people get a little frustrated uh, with them but they have a big job to do and like most things in the government uh, they, have, they don't have nearly as much resources they would like to have to be able to investigate every single claim that, that comes in. So uh, the next question is how, how do I contact the EEOC? Well, the EEOC has a, a website, eeoc.gov, and uh, that has, uh, you can find your local office uh, on the website. As I say, most major cities uh, have a district uh, or regional office of the EEOC and you can find them in the blue pages of the the telephone book for those of you uh, who have, uh, still have a telephone book. Uh, And if you don't, then you can certainly find it online by searching for your local EEOC office. The uh, EEOC's website has a location finder on it that um, where you can search, tell them where you live, what your zip code is, and it will show you where your uh, 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 closest uh, local office is. So you can file a complaint uh, either online or in person. I really recommend the in-person um, filing because then you can sit down and talk with, a, uh, with an investigator personally. Uh, it may take a little bit more time and a little more effort, but I, I really think that effort is, uh, is worth it. And what can the EEOC do for me? Well, what the EEOC can do for you uh, really is on two levels. The first level, uh, is what I'll call the administrative paperwork level. Before you can file a federal lawsuit against an employer who's covered by the civil rights act of 1964, you have to file an EEOC complaint. And I really encourage people that if you feel like you're being harassed or discriminated against or retaliated against because you've complained about, um, harassment or discrimination, uh, at your place of business, Uh, and you don't feel like you're getting, it's getting any better, sooner rather than later, file a claim with the EEOC. And for this reason, your statute of limitations is constantly running on those claims, and the only way to satisfy it is to file with the EEOC. That satisfies your filing requirement, and and you can then move on to to, uh, other uh, steps after that. So that's the first thing is, is by filing with the EEOC, you satisfy a major requirement under the statute. The second thing the EEOC can do is they have a private mediation process where uh, the parties to the dispute will sit down free of charge with an EEOC mediator and frequently uh, the EEOC mediation core uh, has great success in resolving those claims. I've had clients that uh, have uh, gone through that process on their own and gotten acceptable results. I've uh, gone, as an attorney, I've represented people and lawyers in our office uh, frequently represent people in mediations conducted by the EEOC and they can be very, very productive. Mediation is a process by which a neutral third party uh, can help uh, parties to a dispute resolve the dispute. So that mediator isn't going to decide who's right, who's wrong, how much, how little you get paid, but they're going to help both sides come to some sort of agreement. Uh, Every case is different, but uh, it's a process that's uh, worth going through. The whole thing is confidential. Nothing you say in that process can be used against you later. The mediators are in a separate office from the investigators. So, um, it's, it's gone, done completely outside the investigation process uh, and all that's done to foster resolution of, of claims. So that's a service the EEOC can uh, provide. The next is they will, uh, if they can investigate your claim and the EEOC over time develops uh, criteria for claims that they are interested in pursuing. They have uh, claims that they're interested in investigating and then they have claims that they're interested in taking themselves as, uh, the lawyers, essentially, and prosecuting the case for you. Uh, I tell you, I've done uh, employment law for almost 30 years, and I can count on one hand the number of cases I've been involved in where the EEOC has actually taken the case and prosecuted it for the plaintiff. And the reason for that is, as I said before, they have very limited resources. They can't take every case that comes in. There are plenty of uh, employment lawyers Uh, frankly, like me, who are willing to take these cases, so they don't have to take them. So they're very, very uh, selective in the kinds of cases that they take, and just because they don't take your case doesn't mean you don't have a good case. You can have a great case if it doesn't um, satisfy their criteria, then they may not be interested in it. Uh, For example, uh, during the Obama uh, years, the EEOC was very interested in Equal Pay Act cases uh, and uh, national origin discrimination cases. And so, uh, frequently, uh, those were the kinds of cases that got more investigation work and the EEOC picked up. That doesn't mean that someone who went in with, say, a a race discrimination or retaliation case uh, didn't have a good case. Uh, It just may mean that the criteria uh, for uh, going on to the next level was different for that case. So, uh, frequently, the uh, EEOC will investigate uh, they may send an investigator out to the the company and interview witnesses. They're certainly going to interview uh, the complainant. They're going to ask the respondent, responding party, the company, uh, to uh, draft a written response to the charges, and that then creates a record that can be used in in the case uh, down the road. It'd be very helpful for the EEOC to investigate uh, can investigate a case and certainly can be very helpful if the EEOC decides to to pick up your case and and run with it. Um, Because then you may or may not have to hire a lawyer, or at least if you do hire a lawyer, that lawyer may not have to do as much work um, because the the full weight of the federal government is behind the case. Uh, I say frequently that these days I think most of the cases that the agency takes are class actions and situations where there are a large number of potential claimants, where they can make a get the bigger bang for their buck, so to speak, where they can have a bigger impact uh, on uh, a particular kind of, of discrimination or harassment. Um, next question is, what can I expect after I file a complaint with the EEOC? Well, I always say you, you, the, the thing you need to do is be patient because Once you file a complaint, then it gets put in line uh, for investigation. Uh, While it's in line for investigation, it can be selected for their mediation uh, 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 program, which I've described before. And what happens is you will get a letter, the complaining party will get a letter that says, uh, do you want to engage in mediation? And the responding party, the uh, employer will get a letter saying, do you want to engage in mediation? If both of you say yes, then, they schedule on mediation, and uh, the case is removed from the investigative uh, uh, line, if you will, and put uh, in the mediation office. And that's uh, important because it, A, reduces the, the, the casework for the investigators so they can move on to other cases, but it also segregates it from the investigators so that they won't be prejudiced by what may or may not happen in the mediation if you resolve your case in mediation then it's over and both parties will sign a release uh, saying that the, uh, the case has been resolved and if uh, the employer has promised to pay money then the money is paid and uh, hopefully uh, both parties go on with their lives and uh, uh, it's happily ever after at that point. Um, it may take the the EEOC assuming that the uh, mediation process either uh, does it work, does it result in a settlement, or the case isn't selected for mediation, uh, then it uh, will be investigated uh, or evaluated. The next step is evaluation. And again, the EEOC doesn't always talk about its criteria, but sometimes um, the EEOC will look at a case and say, we, we're not going to investigate it. And they will issue uh, a right to sue letter. And what that means is if you get a right to sue letter, you then have 90 days from the date that they issue the letter to file a lawsuit in federal court, uh, or you lose your right to file a lawsuit under the federal statute. Um, Sometimes those letters come very, very quickly. I've had them come the same day that the claim is filed. I've had them come years after the claim is filed. Every case is different. Uh, The ones that are selected for investigation, the uh, investigator will send a notice to the employer, the responding party, and ask for their response to the complaint. And Usually takes uh, 30 to 60 days for that to happen. Uh, I find that uh, most uh, lawyers uh, who represent employers usually get the case two or three weeks after the EEOC has sent a notice, and so they need a little bit of extra time um, to investigate themselves and f- figure out what's going on. But then the uh, re- the response comes, um, and then the uh, investigator may uh, ask for more information, may ask for more documents, may ask to come and interview witnesses at the, the workplace, uh, or want to interview uh, people off-site. And that really just kind of depends on Uh, the circumstance and the investigator Uh, i've also had situations where when there was a lot of distance involved the investigator might do some phone interviews Um, and and then at some point the investigator will determine whether or not the eeoc uh, wants to take the case for litigation in other words the eeoc handle the case themselves or whether it's going to issue a right to sue letter Um, and that can come in a number of different kinds of flavors sometimes the EEOC will say we find merit, but we're not gonna take the case and um, issue a right to sue letter. Sometimes they'll say we don't find merit and we're gonna issue a right to sue letter. Sometimes they say we, we don't see it one way or the other and issue a right to sue letter. The bottom line is you get the right to sue letter then you have the ability to move the case forward in federal court. Um, frequently I've had clients that uh, get frustrated with the pace at the EEOC. And all I can say to them is to be patient and that there's a lot of benefit to the EEOC doing an investigation, uh, particularly if, if the client doesn't have a lot of financial ability to do their own investigation. So it can be helpful uh, for the uh, uh, the investigator to uh, to talk to people and get some transcribed uh, interviews and, and so forth. Uh, that can be help, very helpful down, down the road. Um, sometimes I have clients that uh, have done an investigation themselves, or perhaps I've done it for them. They're ready to go to court. They don't want to wait for that. You can then request the uh, the investigator send a, a right to sue letter, and uh, most of the time, um, the investigators will do that. And uh, just as all cases are different, all investigators are different. They have their different ways of working. And I've found uh, that EEOC uh, investigators can be great allies on both sides of the, uh, of the equation, but particularly uh, if there's a meritorious case, sometimes the investigator can be very helpful in uh, helping to negotiate a, a resolution of the case that's satisfactory to, uh, to the complainant. Um, and the, the last question that we're frequently asked is do I need a lawyer uh, for the EEOC? Um, Yes and no. Uh, I think it's very helpful to have legal help in uh, processing these claims. Uh, Keep in mind that uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 has what we lawyers call a fee-shifting provision, which means that the defendant has to pay uh, your legal fees above and beyond, um, or I should say in addition to uh, the the claim. So if your claim is worth $10,000 and you've got $20,000 in legal fees, then uh, you get a check for $10,000 and less taxes and uh, the attorney gets a check for for his or her fees. Um, It's uh, not like uh, most other situations where a percentage of what you get is taken out. Uh, And so you've got very little to lose uh, in hiring a lawyer and I think it can be helpful uh, in responding to the EEOC frequently even if you're a complainant Um, They may ask you for information, and so it's helpful to have a lawyer uh, help you marshal that information, put it together, and put it in a format that the investigator can use quickly. Uh, The easier you can make the investigator's job, uh, the more anxious uh, she is going to be to work on your case as opposed to another case. Uh, Plus, sometimes it's also very helpful to have a person who is just interested in you and your needs Uh, advising you on what everything means and helping you make uh, strategic and uh, resolution uh, decisions. Uh, Because at the end of the day, the EEOC investigator uh, works for the EEOC and and most of them want to get a good result for you, but uh, they don't necessarily have the same level of loyalty to you that your lawyer would have. And then finally, I would say uh, getting a lawyer involved early is very helpful uh, because that then helps the lawyer understand your case and build your case along with the EEOC. And as I said, by far and away, the vast majority of cases uh, are not handled by the EEOC ultimately. So if you want to get a, uh, a result, most likely at some point you're going to have to hire a lawyer. And so you might as well go ahead and do that at the earliest possible moment uh, so that the lawyer can help start adding value from the very, very first day. Um, if you make some bad choices early on, that can affect your ability to get the best settlement or the best verdict uh, down the road, and so a good lawyer can help you anticipate that and deal with it uh, at, at uh, different junctures of um, of your claim. Well, we could talk for hours and hours uh, about the EEOC and how it works and uh, uh, so forth, but I think this gives you a, a good idea about uh, the nature and scope of, of their work and how the EEOC can can help you. Um, the one last thing I'll leave you with, and we uh, we did a, a, a whole show on wrongful termination where we kind of discussed this, but again, this just shows you how kind of narrow the lanes are in employment law. Uh, the EEOC is only interested in federal law. There are many state law components uh, that have their own state um, uh, anti-discrimination laws. Some are very, very robust. Some are not very robust. So you need to understand what the state law is in your uh, particular state, and understand that um, in many cases, filing an EEOC complaint, while it complies with the federal statute of limitations, very frequently does not uh, toll or stop as uh, toll or stop uh, the statute of limitations on your state law claims. So. Uh, that's another reason to get a lawyer involved very quickly because very often st- the state laws have different remedies, different uh, money amounts you can get than under the federal law. Uh, so it's, it's good to, to understand that, that the EOC is going to talk about sex and race, religion, age, national origin and disability discrimination, harassment and retaliation. But it's, it doesn't have jurisdiction over the Family Medical Leave Act. the the wage and hour laws, overtime, minimum wage, um, uh, OSHA discrimination or other kinds of retaliation for engaging in whistleblowing activity or certain other activity. So um, again, that's another reason why uh, my advice always is, seek out a good employment lawyer as soon as you believe that you may have a problem. And uh, that person can then help you uh, navigate the uh, the landscape and make sure that you're going to the right place. And if nothing else, it'll save you uh, a bunch of time. Again, I hope uh, uh, everyone's enjoyed this. My name is Alan Krone at the Crone Law Firm. Uh, our number is 901 737 7740. That's 901 737 7740. Or you can uh, find us on the web at Crone Law Firm PLC. Dot com, And uh, I hope you have a good weekend and we'll see you next time on the Crone Law Firm Facebook Live.